I know why we're so quiet. You're mad because I didn't finish up Jonah last week and you got to listen to it another week. Thought I was going to get there, but it just didn't work out. So here we go. Jonah number five. I think this will probably do it today. We'll see how far we get. Jonah chapter five. Week one, we talked about a most expensive trip. How expensive it is to run from the call of God on your life, regardless of what that might be. Number two, week two, we talked about how that cost is paid. Week three, we talked about the supernatural results of obedience. Week four, we talked about the blinding consequence of unforgiveness. And today we're going to talk about all this for a plant. Week five, all this for a plant. Jonah chapter 4, verses 5 through 11, God's word translation. Jonah left the city. He sat down east of it. He made himself a shelter there. He sat in the shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. The Lord God made a plant grow up beside Jonah to give him shade and make him more comfortable. Jonah was very happy with the plant. At dawn the next day, God sent a worm to attack the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God made a hot east wind blow, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he was about to faint. He wanted to die, so he said, I'd rather be dead than alive. Then God asked Jonah, what right do you have to be angry over this plant? And Jonah answered, I have every right to be angry, so angry that I want to die. And the Lord replied, this plant grew up overnight and died overnight. You didn't plant it. You didn't make it grow, yet you feel sorry for this plant. Shouldn't I feel sorry? For this important city, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people in it, as well as many animals. These people couldn't tell their right hand from their left. That's who God was saving. And that's the end. That's it. These people couldn't tell their right hand from their left. We could preach a message on that, about people who can't tell their right hand from their left. But the NIV uses the word provided. If you had NIV translation, you'd see that word provided in several of the verses. We're going to talk about what it was that God provided. We love God's provision most of the time. (laughs) We love God's provision. And everything that is good and fun and makes us happy We call that God's provision. God provides a lot of things for his children when he loves them. So, Jonah has built himself a shelter. It's a common shelter. You watch any of those television shows about survivalists, it would have looked something like that. It's sticks and brush piled up together basically to block the sun so that on the inside of it, it would be several degrees cooler than it is on the outside of it. But I'm going to tell you, it still wasn't air conditioning. It's hot there. And it can get hotter. He's just sitting here in the shade now waiting. What's he waiting for? His job is concluded. He's done what God told him to do, but he doesn't want to go home. Check that out. He doesn't want to go home. He would rather, listen to this, he would rather be right here sitting in this shelter right now than any place else in the world. How do I know that? Because it's where he's at. He's got the freedom to have have 
preached his message and leave. He did what God told him to do. He could go home. But he doesn't go home. Why is he here? He's built himself a shelter to specifically wait here on purpose, wants to be here in hopes that God will still blow this city up. Unforgiveness will motivate you in absurd ways. So here he is with this bad attitude, sitting here waiting for these people to get what he thinks they have coming to him. I could go anywhere in the world, but I'm not going to go. I'm going to sit right here in hopes that God will destroy you. That's what he's saying. This is where I want to be. If God kills all of you, I don't want to miss it. I'm not down there with you. I'm up here on the hill away from it, but I want to be close enough that I get to see it. Notice the goodness of God in all of this. Even when Jonah isn't thinking right or doing right, God provides for Jonah because he still loves him. Even on the really bad day, God is still providing for Jonah. Jonah is in a mess. Heart is a mess. His mind is a mess. But God is still providing for him. The first thing God provides for him is a plant. Miraculously. In one day, this plant, it's called a gourd, but in one day this plant grows from the ground tall enough to cover his shelter so that he'd have greater comfort than he could provide for himself. He's tried to provide for his own shelter. God has stepped in and said, I can do one better than that. Even in this bad attitude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you even more. I, even though you're not right. Even though you're not going to be happy with me. I'm still going to bless you. And I'm going to make you more comfortable than you could be on your own. You think you've put yourself in a good spot. I'm going to show you. I can even put you in a better spot even though you don't deserve it. I've never seen a plant grow five to six feet in one day. Have you? Some of y'all liars in here say, you ought to see my tomatoes. They did that this year. Six feet in one day. My corn is 12 feet tall. This is a miraculous plant. And Jonah's happy. This is the first time we've seen Jonah happy. Look what he's happy with. He's happy with the plant. He's not happy with anything else. He hadn't been happy the whole time. He's not happy about the circumstances now, but he's happy with the plant. Built himself a shelter, and God gave him a plant on top of the shelter. He's like, this is even better. Finally, I'm happy about something. I really love this plant. God has provided him a plant. Mm. The source of comfort. You know, as long as God keeps blessing some Christians, they can appear to be happy. But if their plant ever dries up, you'll start seeing their true colors. Maybe God has provided you a plant. Maybe you're one of those individuals that you're not where you're supposed to be, but 
God's provided you a plant. Maybe you've tried to build yourself a shelter. Maybe you've tried to camp in a spot that he didn't tell you to camp, but you've put a campsite there anyway. And you may even be saying, because of the plant that has covered your shelter, that God is blessing you in this move. Maybe God told you to do something and you haven't done it yet, but in spite of not being obedient, God is still blessing you. And you're like, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy because I haven't had to do what God told me to do, number one. And number two, he's still blessing me. This is good. How long do those kind of blessings last? It won't last forever. How God, how long does God allow us to be comfortable in our pity parties? Not very long. But at this point, even though Jonah is acting like a baby, God's blessing him with a plant. And then God provided something else. The same God that provided the plant provided a worm. And the worm attacked the roots of the gourd. So that just as quickly as it had grown up, it withered up and died. One day was all Jonah got for a pity party. One day is all he got to sit in his own shade and the shade God had provided and to be comfortable and to be blessed. One day is all he got. At dawn, this worm attacks. He does it specifically at dawn so that by the midday heat, the gourd is withered and gone. In the morning, it didn't make that much of a difference. By about the middle of the day, when it got real hot there, Jonah figured out the gourd has withered up and died. Call the AC man, the Freon is gone. Somebody say amen. And Jonah's hot. He's hot in several ways. Hmm. And God, it looks like, has decided that that Jonah's sitting and pouting has gone on long enough. Here's how God works. He'll bear with us for a season, but then when it's time for us to move on to new productivity, he's not going to allow us to keep sitting and feeling sorry for ourselves. He will bless you in that moment and give you a, a moment's peace and rest. But eventually he says, it's gone on long enough. It's time to get up and get back in it. Mm. So life just went from a good little vacation so quick. Look at this. It just went from vacation to life suddenly stinks so bad. He wants to die. I mean, there's not a whole lot of room. Jonah is happy. Boom. Jonah wants to die. Ever wondered why some Christians are so up and down? Don't point. For five weeks, we've been not pointing. Ever wondered why some folks, you talk to them and the Lord is blessing and everything is great. And the next day you talk to them and they just, oh, just. The plant's gone. The booth is dried out. The sun's beating down. Jonah's life stinks. Now, now notice something down below him. 
Man, everybody's happy. Down in the town, they're having revival. I mean, they're shouting, they're getting saved. They got their animals animals and sackcloth and ash. I mean, they're having church down there. And even that adds as a source of misery to Jonah because they're down there, they're having church, they're having revival, they're laughing, they're shouting, and he's miserable because they're not dead. He can't, he can't rejoice in the miracle because he has the blinders on of prejudice and anger. God's not done providing for him yet. God provided a plant. God provided a worm. God provided a wind. An east wind. The words that are used to describe this wind are these. Depending on what you're looking at. Vehement, parching, withering, dry, scorching, and blasting. That's the kind of wind Jonah got. It wasn't that pleasant breeze that we had yesterday after it quit raining. That dropped the temperature from 95 to 72. This is a scorching, blasting, withering, parching, vehement wind that's blowing in his face. As awesome as the blessings of God are, so terrible can the curses of God be. I don't get that. I say that the God's blessings can be so amazing, but when you get on the wrong side of that, the other can be really rough. It's not a fun place to stay. Pastor, everything in our life was great, and then all of a sudden, everything just broke loose. The devil's attacked us, and everything's just jacked up. And I would say to you, well, it may be the devil, but it might not be. You might be giving credit for the wind to the wrong guy. The devil didn't provide this wind in the story. The provider was God. He can provide the blessing. He can provide the curse. He can provide whatever it is that you need to get you where you're going. Is it because he's mad at you and he hates you? No, it's because he loves you so much that if blessing won't move you, cursing might. Mm. It's quiet today. I think it's quieter today than it was last week. And the city's still standing. Now, this is the time in people's lives where they get mad at God. I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been trying to pay my tithes. Yeah, but go back to what God told you to do. How long ago did God tell you to do something? Two years? Five years? Six months? If you haven't done it yet, then all you've been doing was enjoying a gourd. But looks like the worm has come. Looks like the wind is setting in. God hasn't changed his mind yet. God, have you ever prayed this prayer? God, how come my enemy is doing great and I'm the one suffering? You ever seen that? Lord, I'm the Christian. 
How come my enemies over here looks like he's getting raises and bonuses and buying new boats and cars, and I'm over here and I can't even pay my bills? Well, maybe God is trying to do something in your life. He may be trying to do something in their life. Well, how come God would allow them to be blessed and me to be in this bad situation? God may be blessing them right now. He hadn't sent them a worm and a wind yet. You just farther down the road than they are. They got it coming. You just in it now. When's it going to let up? The gourd's not coming back. God's not concerned with that shelter you built for yourself. As far as he's concerned, it's just going to sit there till it rots. If you sit in it, you will too. God has, deter- has determined at this point in the story that he is moving on. If Jonah doesn't want to go with him, that'll be his choice. But God hadn't changed his mind. His will hadn't changed. He's still doing a job. He's still got, a, he's still got things to do. People's lives to change and places to go. And Jonah responded by depression and anger. It's amazing. He, he, you see him here. He clings to his hatred. And the story doesn't have a good ending for him. He says in verse 9, I'd rather be dead than alive. And God said, what right do you have to be angry over this plant? He doesn't even say what right do you have to be angry. What right do you have to be angry over this plant? I have every right to be angry, he says to God. So angry that I want to die. And God's like, this is ridiculous. You, 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 it grew up overnight. You didn't plant it. You didn't make it grow. But you feel sorry for it. Now, you don't feel sorry for 120,000 people, but you feel sorry for a plant that I allowed you to have on a day that you shouldn't have had none but a good kick in the britches. And you're mad about it. This is nuts. We're fighting over a plant. All this for a plant. God said in 11, you feel sorry for a plant. Shouldn't I feel sorry for this city of 120,000 people? They don't even know their right hand from their left. That's how dumb they are, Jonah. I'm trying to do something for 120,000 people. Everybody in Fayetteville and most of them in Springdale. I'm trying to save them all. And all you could do is be mad about a plant. Only thing you've been happy about was a plant. And now you're mad about one. Jonah's hatred, his unforgiveness is great toward the Ninevites. It's so great that if they didn't die, he wanted to. God can't bless that. God can't get behind that. Listen to this statement. This is not going to be popular, but this is true. God's love for all lost people will always take precedence over your individual gripes and hurts and pride. So if you're asking God to be okay with your prejudice or with your unforgiveness, he's always going to be on the other side of that prayer. Don't be surprised when the worm and the wind show up in your life.
this is a real problem for Jonah. He can't rejoice with them in their salvation. He can't forgive them even though God has. What's going to happen to Jonah? Look at this. He's going to be left right where he is in this story because he doesn't repent and move on. What's going to happen to the individual like Jonah who just digs their heels in and says, I don't care whether the shelter falls down around me. I don't care if the worm gnaws on me. I don't care if the wind blows my face off. I'm digging my heels in right here, and I'm staying. What's going to happen? Here's where you're going to be. This is where you'll be. You'll be in the same place Jonah was at at the end of the story. You'll be unable to live. You'll be unable to laugh. You'll be unable to love. It's a serious message, guys. Everybody else around you be enjoying life. You'll be miserable. There are people who will hear this today who are wallowing in things from the past and dying a little bit at a time. Some of you are in worse shape now than you were when you were in the storm or even when you were in the fish's belly. This state now is worse than those two. That is a miserable place. So this is how Jonah's story ends. Look at this. He's left out there. Where? Nowhere. What's he doing? Nothing. Where's he going? Nowhere. He's not progressing. We leave him sitting in a hot, desolate place wishing he was dead. How terrible is that? Can a person go to heaven like this? I don't know. The Bible says we have to forgive those that trespass against us. But it's not for me to judge that situation. Here's what I can do, though, and this is my conclusion. I can predict for you your future if you don't repent and move on from this spot. I can predict it because it's a culmination of this story. Four points. Number one, here's what's going to happen to this person. Number one, you will always be upset, angry, bitter, and even suicidal. Remember that from the first week? Number two... You will never be used of God to the extent he he intended. Number three, you'll continue to sit nowhere doing nothing until you eventually die. Number four, you will in this present condition do most of this alone because no one else can bear being around you in your misery. But what's going to happen? God... The church, your friends, your family, everybody else, they're just going to move on, leaving you sitting there. Why? They're going to go where God's going. God says, here's where we're going next. Jonah, you going with us? No, I'm mad. I'm staying here. Okay, well, well we're going anyway. So life is going to keep right on moving. Everybody's going to move right on. And for what? In Jonah's case, a plant. A plant. How much regret are some people going to have at the end of their lives because in pride they hung on to plants? I'm not talking about plants. 
I'm talking about whatever that was in your life. Whatever that was that angered you, hurt you, stopped you. If you decide you're going to put down roots right there with a dead plant, because that's what it is, then that's your future. And you'll look around one of these days and you'll say, Pastor, I need to come in for some counseling. What's going on? You know, I can't get anybody. Nobody wants to shake my hand. Nobody wants to talk to me. You know, they ignore me. And then I'm going to be forced to do what I do and that's tell you the truth. You know why they do that? Because they can't stand to be around you. Then you're going to go away and say, that's the, mur- that's the worst pastor. He's mean. There's a lot of folks out there that say that about. Can you believe that? There's people out there saying that about me. He told me the truth. They don't say that. They say, he's mean. He won't let me have a pity party. He won't let me be angry. He won't let me be mad. He won't let me be mean to people. All this for a plant. It's just not worth it. Stop for a moment and go back. Let the Holy Spirit take you back and, and ask God right now. You may think, man, I don't, this isn't even for me today. You may think that. There's a lot of us that could be right now sitting in shelters we have built for ourselves with gourds right now that are over us, thinking we are blessed, not knowing that a worm is headed this way and a wind behind it. We may be thinking, it's not my word. It's not for me. I would challenge every person here just to stop and say, Lord, do I have a plant in my life? Have I got something that I'm clinging to that's dead? Have I, have I got, is there a plant? Is there a reason for a plant? Am, have I been obedient? Is there... Hey, and maybe you have, and maybe some of what you're going through may not be this at all. It may just be, it may, it could just be that the devil is against you. That could be the fact too. I mean, you have that too. But in this particular instance, here's the Holy Spirit speaking to us as a church specifically for five weeks. I would say somebody's supposed to be hearing this and allowing the pride to subside to the point that they would say, God, Take me back. Take me back. Do I have unforgiveness in my heart? Have I been disobedient to something that you've told me to do? Is there something in my life that I'm clinging to? Anger, bitterness, prejudice, hatred. Is there anything like that somewhere down deep in me? That would cause you to have to send a worm or a wind. God, if so, today I want you to jerk that plant up by its roots out of my spirit and get rid of it. Because I don't want to go there. I want to move with you. I want to go with you. I want to do what you're doing. I want to have a sweet spirit. I want to be positive. I want to be happy. I want to be blessed. I want to bless others. I want to do fruitful ministry. I don't want to be that guy that people are trying to dodge. 
So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word. For weeks, Lord, you've been speaking to us, speaking to me. None of us are above your word. None of us ever grow to the point that your word does not apply to us. What are you doing in our life, Lord? What, what are you trying to say? What are you, what are you attempting to show us? Lord, I ask that you'll help us take an inventory of our spiritual self. Holy Spirit, I pray, and I, and I want everyone to pray, but it's up to them. But I pray that you will come in, and I give you the key to my heart, and I open it up. Open up, Holy Spirit, and go in there anywhere you want to go. Take inventory of my mind and my spirit. And Lord, if you find places in there that are dark, angry, dirty, I pray that you'd shine your light into those closets and blow out the dust. Expose those things in me and in my conscience and convict me so that I will repent. Lord, I don't want to cling to plants. I don't want to cling to past blessings. Use them as excuses for why there aren't any in the future. That's what some of us do, God, is we hang on to things that were blessings in the past. Even though we're not being blessed right now, we try to use a past blessing to convince ourselves that we're all right. Work on us today. Work in us today. Every person in this room, if that's your prayer, just right there where you're sitting, just have a moment between you and God, a, a heartfelt moment. Sitting right there, you can stand there, you can kneel there, you can come to the altar, whatever you want to do. Don't let this moment get by, though. Let the Holy Spirit do what He is trying to do right now. God, we confess bitterness. We confess pride and anger and strife and lust. Discord. Division. Fill us again, God. Take out all of those ugly, dark, nasty things and fill those void places with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, kindness, meekness, gentleness, faith. So that we can walk worthy of your name and of the call on our life. Set somebody free today, Lord. Somebody's been angry. Somebody's been sitting in the shelter for a long time. Set them free today. 
God, take out all the anger and the bitterness and replace it, Lord, with joy, peace, forgiveness, and love. Let's move on. Help us, I pray today, Jesus. sit in his presence for a minute and listen to the Holy Spirit if he speaks to you he'll lead us and we're just going to sit and recognize God's presence we're just going to sit here for a moment and listen to the Holy Spirit